with me to John uh, chapter 10, uh, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. Hallelujah. How many love his word? Oh, we love his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Even Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. John chapter 10, verse 10. Hallelujah. If you're there, say amen. It says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. He said, I've come that they might have life and they may have it more abundantly. I want to preach a message today called identity theft. Identity theft. Let's pray. Father, we honor you. We thank you. How you've already moved during this service. Now speak to us for these next 30, 35 minutes. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, identity theft. Look at this. It says, the thief, the thief. How many know there's a thief and he's still loose? It says, the thief, the thief. He does come except to steal. He's got an agenda. His agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, I grew up in church where people would say things like, you know, God going to do in you what he want to do. Not necessarily, not if you don't cooperate with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to aid us and, and, and to assist us and to help guide us and help us navigate through our issues and challenges and help us navigate through our setbacks and, and so on and so forth. Amen. So that's what the Holy Spirit is there to do. Amen. But there's times where, you know, in our flesh, we don't want to heed to the Spirit of God. And we're going to see here because some people think, well, if I've already found my identity in, in Christ, I can't lose my identity. Yes, you can. You can. I've watched people lose who they were in the middle of maybe a setback or a storm, you know, and you come out the storm serving another God or not serving God at all. Look at this real quick. This is a prime example. We, we, we talk about the wisdom of Solomon you know, because, you know, God said, because you didn't ask for your enemy's head, I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to give you riches. He, he said all the right things because all he said was, Lord, give me an understanding heart. Now that I'm taking over from my dad, David, I'm taking over your kingdom. Just give me insight. Give me understanding. God was so moved by that. He said, I'm about to download more wisdom in you and insight than anybody's ever had on this planet. And then from there, we think Solomon just had this great life after that. But what people don't know is chapters later, his life began to spin out of control. We don't like to talk about that a whole lot. But put up 1 Kings uh, chapter 11, verse 1. Look at this real quick. He lost his identity. But King Solomon, he, he loved foreign women. How I many you know you got to be careful who you hook up with? Foreign means they were strange. Matter of fact, if you read this in the, in the King James Version, let's, let's put that up. Let me see if it, I think it says something different. Yeah, but, but King Solomon loved many strange women. Oh, it then got quiet than the mug up in here. When you mess with strange women, guess what happens? Strange things begin to happen. And I hear a lot of you women laughing. You know I ain't going to let, let you off the hook. When you mess with a strange man... Strange things begin to happen. 
Like when you was trying, you knew that wasn't your destiny, but you tried to convince yourself, well, his smile is pretty. He nice to me. <laughs> I know he got 17 kids, but maybe he might love me. And my fault. <laughs> Woo, Jesus, I had to laugh at that one. But let me shift, shift. Go back to, he loved many foreign, strange women, as well as the daughters of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edoites, and the Sinonites, and the Hittites, the whole Ite family. Solomon was like, get them all in me. Next verse. From the nations of whom the Lord has said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry. See, God was warning him, told him, don't intermarry with them, nor, uh, 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 nor they with you. Surely, surely means without doubt, they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. Next verse. And he had 700 wives, princesses, Jesus, princesses, 300 concubines. No wonder why he lost his mind. That's too much. Come on, somebody. And his wives and his wives, they turned away his heart. Next verse. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives, see, he started out when he was young, he was good, got old and Lost his mind. It should be the other way around. Because all of us got off to a rocky start in life. Can I get a witness? But now that you've gotten older, you're trying to finish strong. Come on, I'm 44. I don't want to be 24 again. I still have some issues. Come on, somebody. 24-year-old issues. But look at this. It says, when Solomon was old, that, that his wives turned his heart, the other gods, and his heart was not loyal. His heart was not loyal to the Lord, his God, as was the heart of his father, David. Now put up verse 6. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he did not fully, he did not fully follow the Lord as did his father, David. Now put up verse 9. So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. Next verse, and I'm going to end it right here, verse 10. And, the, the, and, and he commanded him concern, concerning this thing that he should go, go after, that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. My God, this is, I believe, a wake-up call that you can... Start strong and finish lousy. We got to be careful. Come on, can I get a witness up in here? I love that King James Version that said, strange women, strange women. You mess with strange people, strange things begin to happen. Amen. All of us, in, I wouldn't say all, but most of us in here have had, been in some strange situations. And you like this thing, I got to get out of this. This then went to another dimension of strange. Can I get a witness up in here? Like, I got to go. I got to create boundaries with you. Love you, but I got to love you from afar because you strange. See, the word of God says there's nothing new 
under the sun. If there were strange people then, they even stranger even now. With social media, can I get a witness now? Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat, and all this other chat stuff, and strange. <laughs> but Solomon, life began to spin out of control because he lost his identity. The thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. A thief is a robber, a mugger. Do you realize that the enemy wants to mug you of your destiny and cause you to miss what God has for you? That's why I'm teaching this message on identity theft. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But what God wants me and you to experience is the latter part of that scripture. It says, I've come that you might have what? Life and have it more abundantly. We grew up in church where they would make stuff say, the preacher would say, I'm just a pilgrim passing through. He never encouraged the people to have a life. God, I'm here to tell you that God wants you to have a life and he wants it to be more. Somebody scream more. Uh, abundantly, abundantly meaning plenty, meaning more than enough, meaning surplus, meaning overflow, meaning he wants you to experience miraculous. Come on, he wants to turn your two fish and your five loaves into some leftovers. Come on, were you able to walk away with some leftovers? Come on, somebody. And two plus five is seven. In other words, he wants to complete a work on the inside of you. Let me give you three things that's going to help you today. Look at this real quick. How do I avoid a identity crisis? You have to know you're his seed. You have to know that you are God's seed. Put up Psalm 37 and, and, and 25. You, you have to know that you are God's seed. Look at this real quick. I've been young. David said, I've been young. And, 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 and now I'm old. In other words, David said, I, I've put some seasons in. I, I've lived a little while. I'm not just some novice. I, I've been around the block a little bit. You know, I've seen some things and whatnot. So he says, I, I've been young. And in my younger years, I, I, I made some mistakes. I did some questionable things. But one thing about David, he never turned his heart from God. And he basically did the same thing his son did. But the, the, the difference between Solomon and David was Solomon not only ran off with these women, but he ran off with their gods. David just ran off with the woman, but he still looked to God. Come on, somebody. I'm not justifying what he did because you can mess up and still love God. Anybody was like, dang, I messed up. I shouldn't have did that. But you ain't ever, I'm about to go be in Islam now. Where they believe God is a prophet, but he's not the Messiah. I'm not throwing other religions under the bus, but at the end of the day, Philippians chapter 2, verses, uh, uh, I want to say, uh, 10 and 11, says, Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that, that, that Jesus is, is Lord. There it is right there. Knee shall bow. Those in heaven and those in the earth. Those under heaven. Every, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. So at the end of the day, 
How do I avoid an identity crisis? You, you have to know you're God's seed. Look at this real quick. Go, go, go back to Psalm 30. I've been young, and David said, I've been now I'm old, yet I've not seen. Not on my radar, David said. On my radar, I've, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the righteous abandoned or deserted. Then it says, uh, nor his seed. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm his seed. Begging bread. See, you and me are the offspring of God. We are his seed in the earth. That's why his kingdom can't be stopped. Daniel even said that in the book of Daniel about how his kingdom can't be destroyed. Amen. Because we are God's seed. And then he put seed in us men so we can put it in you women because y'all are multipliers. You multiply what I give you. She has multiplied me five times. And she did it in six years, 11 months, and 16 days. I got one getting ready to be 24 in a couple of weeks. I got one going to be 17 next week. I'm sorry, this week. And then the other three fall in the middle, 18, 20, and 22. So I gave her seed, and she multiplied what I gave her. Just like if I give her hell, she's going to multiply that into frustration. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Just be nice. Bless you, sweetie. Blessings from above. <laughs> it's just like us men. If we come home with some groceries, nine times out of ten, you're not going to cook them groceries. Because you brought the groceries home because you know she's going to multiply that into a meal. Because I know I ain't cooking nothing. I burn up cereal. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I am not wired for a kitchen except to sit down and eat. Praise him. <laughs> Everybody got to know they lane. Can I get a witness up here? You got to know your strengths and your weaknesses. And when you were your weak, staff your weaknesses. Amen? Hallelujah. So number one, how do I avoid an identity crisis? You, you got to know you're his seed. David said, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his, his seed begging bread. Because when you're the seed of God, you and me, we can't help but experience favor. You experiencing favor right now. Can I get a witness up here? You breathing. Got some clothes on. Come on, somebody. Got a car to go to. Come on, that might not be the, the ideal car you want, but nevertheless, it's a car. You got a home to go to. It might not be your dream home, but it's a home. Can I get a witness up in here? See, we got to learn how to bless our only. I only got two fish and follow, but he blessed it. And God multiplied it. We are his seed. Put up uh, uh, Galatian. Uh, 3 and, and 13. Look at this. Galatians 3 and, and, and 13. Speaking of seed, look at this real quick. Uh, Galatians chapter 3. Christ has redeemed us. Anybody know you've been redeemed? You've been redeemed from your mess. Come on, somebody. You've been redeemed from going to hell. He has redeemed us. We're heaven bound, rapture bound. Hallelujah. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. You are no longer a uh, 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 curse, but now you're blessed. 
Then it says he has redeemed us from the curse of the law and having become a curse for us. Jesus became a curse for us. For it is written, curse everyone who hangs on a tree. Uh, next verse. Uh, the, the, that, that, so he became a curse for us. Then it says that the blessing of Abraham might, somebody say might. Might means it's a potential. Might means there are some people that it's not going to be able to comprehend, nor are they going to be able to, to fathom what God really wants to do. That's with for them. That's why it says that the blessings of Abraham might. Some people are going to miss it. Unfortunately, because of their lack of faith. But it says that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now look at verse 29. Three, it says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Now we know Abraham is the father of the faith. So it says that, so if you're in Christ, you are Abraham's seed and your heirs. Come on, you're heirs according to the promise. Listen, my children, I have five again, they are my heirs. I've already done my, 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 my uh, what's it called, my uh, life insurance uh, policy. And, and uh, matter of fact, I got to go run on a treadmill in a couple of weeks. So I've been trying to eat a little better and all of that because I'm trying to up my insurance policy. Why? Because I got to leave some money to my heirs. So when I die, this church will even be paid off and my kids and my wife will be taken care of. Now, I ain't going nowhere for like 50. If y'all didn't catch that, that's 50 years. That'll put me at 94. I ain't going nowhere. But Proverbs 13, 22 says, A good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. Then it says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, but we have to know this. We all got an appointment with death. I'm not telling you to live in fear and all of that, but at the end of the day, you better put something aside so they're not bearing you because they, 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 they can't bury you and they're doing car washes and stuff. You feeling me? Having bake sales and whatnot to bury you. The devil is a lie. So at the end of the day, look at this. Go, 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 go to verse 29 again. And, and if you're Christ, if you're in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. You're his seed. We are, we, before we became sons and daughters, we were in seed form. Can I get a witness up in here? None of y'all appeared and came from Mars or no, another planet. You was a seed. And still a seed. And with seed on the inside of you. And when that seed and that egg hit, come on somebody. More seed is produced. Because he told us in Genesis chapter 1, he says, now that I've made male and female, now be fruitful and multiply. Amen? And then it goes on and it says, and fill the earth. He's put a mandate on us to fill the earth. But at the end of the day, we don't want to just be in the earth. We don't want to be going in the earth and be going through an identity crisis. People, we, we just watched Solomon who started strong but he didn't finish strong. He, somewhere down the line, he, he lost his identity because he began to attach himself to strange things. Anything don't look right, sound right, you need to run. Is that what Joseph did? He ran. Come on. And when you run, you're still going to be accused. Oh, but God is in the business of avenging his people. 
Then he avenged Joseph. What seemed like a setback in Joseph's life was really a setback. Amen. Or what was a setback was really a setup for his come up. Because look at how God caused the first to be last and the last to be first. So number one, you have to remember that when you go, if you potentially go through an identity crisis, you have to know you are his seed. You are God's seed. Look at Galatians 4 and 7. Speaking, speaking, we'll stay right here. Look at this, Galatians 4 and 7. We, we, we really got to know who we are if we're going to be successful in this life. It says, therefore, you are no longer a slave. You are not a slave. You're no longer bound. You have no longer have chains of fear on you and chains of oppression and, and chains of alcoholism. Those chains, you've been loose because the Bible says, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You, you're free, so you're no longer a slave, especially Jesus came on a, 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 a scene to, to free us from being slaves. So look at the rest of this. It says you are no longer slaves, but a son. You are a son and then an heir. So we are a seed, a son, and an heir. So if I find myself in a crisis, I won't lose my identity. Because you will go through an, a, a crisis. But you better know Christ is my bridge over troubled water. Did you catch that? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll whistle in my storm. Not going, I'll smile, praise the Lord, because I know my situation is subject to change. I know the storm is passing over because I'm a seed and I can't be forsaken. I'm a son and I can't be forsaken. I'm the righteousness of God and I can't be forsaken. I was created in his image. I can't be forsaken. I was created in his likeness. I can't be forsaken. If I, if I got anybody here that knows you're a seed, you need to put your hands together and give God a praise in this place. Look at your neighbor and say, what's up, seed? I might not know your name, but I know you a seed. I know you an heir. I know you're a, a, a son, an heir, and a seed. And you the righteousness of God. Pastor, but I don't do everything right. I don't either. <laughs> Come on. What I say, we ain't perfect, but you better be given a perfect effort. If you mess up, don't mean you lose your righteousness. Put up 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. I was going to save this for next week. But look at this. Look at this. I feel led to go there. Look at this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He's doing a new thing. Look at you and say, he's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. I'm trying to get this old. I'm trying to delete some of this old. Because I know he's doing a new thing. Mm -hmm. then, then look at this next verse. Then it says, uh, 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 now all things are of God who has he's reconciled us to himself. Which means he's made us one with him through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry. Of reconciliation next verse uh, that is uh, that God has Christ has reconciled the world to himself not imputing their trespasses thank the thank you Lord that are he's not imputing our trespasses to them then it says and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation next verse now then we are an ambassadors for Christ not only am I a seed a son 
the righteousness of God, but now I'm an ambassador, which means that me and you are his representatives in the earth. Then it says, uh, 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 through Christ, we were pleading through, as he was, he's pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, this is where I want to go. For he has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We are his righteousness. See, when you know you're his righteousness and you're his seed and his son and his heir, you can't go through an identity crisis. You might go through a crisis, but your identity won't be affected because you know greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know that the kingdom of God is within you. You know at the end of the day that all heaven got your back. Even David said to Goliath, you come to me with a javelin, a sword, and a spear. He said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. If you know we serve a big God, somebody need to give God a praise in this place. Not about sheep, not about sheep. My God, my God. Look at your neighbor and say, what's up, righteousness? Uh-huh. Now that we in him, people try to bring up your past. Well, I'm his righteousness now. I didn't know that then, but now I know I'm his righteousness. I'm his seed. I'm his son. I'm his ambassador. I'm no longer a slave, but now I'm a son. <laughs> That's how they say it in New York. What's up, son? <laughs> but yeah, that's who we are. When you begin to know who you are and whose you are, you don't go through no identity crisis. I didn't say you wouldn't go through a crisis, but your identity won't be on the line. Because you know he's been too good. Because there's been times you couldn't trace him, but you was trusting him, and he came through time and time again. Can I get a witness at this 930 service? You couldn't trace him, but then here he comes saying, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, because you my seed, you my son, you my righteousness, that you're no longer slaves, but now you my son, you my seed. Somebody need to give God a praise that he has flipped the script in your life. Satan can't have our identity. But unfortunately, he was able to eat away at Solomon. He knew just what to use, too. I'm going to get some foreign women, some foreign, something that he ain't never seen before. Mm, be careful. Amen. If it's foreign, run. If it looks strange, run. <laughs> I got to get to these other points. So number one. How do I avoid an identity crisis? You have to know you're his seed. Number two, you have to remain confident in who you are. The word confident means that you have to be positive even in negative situations. The word confident means to be hopeful. I know what the doctor said, but I'm hopeful. Cool head, calm, level-headed. I like these last two. 
to be unfazed and laid back. Confident means I'm just unfazed. Oh, is that what the doctor said? Mm, I'm unfazed by that. Because last time I read the Bible, he's Jehovah Rapha. That by his stripes that I'm healed. If God, if they, if, 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 if God extended the life of Hezekiah, I know he can extend my life because Hebrews 13, 8, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Come on, David said, I shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. Do I have anybody in the building that you ain't dying right now? You ain't going to sleep yet. We got work to do. Come on, Jesus said in John 9, 4, I got to work while it is day for the night cometh no man can work. Do I have any confident people in the house? Look at your neighbor and say, stay confident, stay confident. Uh, stay confident. I know you're going through a crisis, but stay confident. I know you might be going through a temporary, and I said temporary setback, but I dare you to stay confident. Where's my confidence going to get me, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Put up uh, 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 Hebrews 10 and 35. Look at this real quick. See, when you stay confident, this is what happens. When you stay confident in who you are, it says, therefore, do not cast. The word cast means that you cannot throw you can literally throw your confidence away. See, I watch sports a lot, and I know most of you in this building, you watch sports. Listen, on paper, when we watch the Carolina Panthers play the Denver Broncos, on paper, on paper, Carolina had the better roster. Their 53 men on their roster was better than Denver's 53. But I came to the conclusion the team that was the most confident walked out of there with the Super Bowl trophy. Because it's not a lot of times the best team that wins, it's the team that's confident. See, David should not have been able to beat Goliath. Come on, that didn't even make any sense. Even Saul, the king at the time, he said, wait a minute. He said, David, this man, Goliath, has been a man of war from his youth, and you're only a youth. In other words, David, get your head out of the clouds. He began to dumb David down. And David said, wait a minute, I've killed some bears and I've killed some lions and this uncircumcised Philistine, I'm about to take off his head today. So he went into battle confident. I dare you to learn how to go into your battle confident. You might be the underdog, but I dare you to go in confident. You might go in with not all the answers, but I dare you to go in confident. You might not have the certain skill set, but I dare you to go in there with some confidence. Somebody need to give God a praise in this place. Look at your neighbor and say, stay confident. Stay confident. Stay confident. The raise hasn't come yet though, pastor. Stay confident. I haven't got that pray raise I've been believing God for. Stay confident. I don't believe it's time for me to start that business quite yet, but I believe my season is coming. I got a word for you that while you in transition, while you're still trying to cross every T and dot every I, I dare you to stay confident. Do I have any confident people? You might not have all the answers, but I know one thing when I... I can just sense, I can trace a level of confidence just hovering in the room. Somebody need to give God a confident praise. One more. Devil, you can't have our confidence. Devil, you can't have my courage. Devil, you can't have my strength. 
Devil, you can't have my peace. Devil, you can't have my joy. Somebody need to give God a praise. Look at your neighbor and say, don't lose it. Don't lose it. Don't throw it away. Don't give it away. Walk in confidence because God will begin to reward you according to your confidence. Somebody give God a praise one more time. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, you will be rewarded. You will be rewarded. You will be rewarded with that harvest. You will be rewarded with that breakthrough. You will be rewarded with that miracle. I just believe that when Jesus looked up to heaven, confidence looked up. Even though logic said, you got 18,000 to 23,000 people staring at you with two fish and five loaves of bread. You're about to fall short. Oh, but he looked up to heaven with confidence. See, when you look up, look up with confidence. Don't look up with doubt. Don't look up with fear. But when you look up, you'd be confident. God. You said no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Lord, you said in Romans 8.31, if you be for me, who can be against me? Look up saying Isaiah 59 and 19 that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you will lift up a standard. Mm -hmm. Put that up. 10.35. 10.35. Hebrews 10.35. Cast not away your confidence, which has great, not just a reward, but what God wants to do in your kingdom is great. I'm not talking about mediocre. It says, I'm talking, uh, uh, if you stay confident, as long as you don't throw away your confidence, as long as you stay unfazed and learn how to be positive in negative situations, I'm going to reward you. And I'm going to reward you great. Great. You ain't seen nothing yet, kingdom. <laughs> I just felt that in my spirit. You ain't seen nothing yet. What God's getting ready to do in your life is going to be great. Great. I'm talking Joseph great. I'm talking David great. I'm talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego great. I'm talking Daniel great I'm talking Job great where God gives you double for your trouble if you receive that if you know great is on the way you need to give God a praise in this place high five two or three people and tell them great is on the way great is on the way great great it's on the way. Great. It's on the way. I don't care what the thief said. Great. 
is on the way. Praise him one more time. Great is on the way. Next time you find yourself in a storm, you better remind yourself great is on the way. Because great is on the way. It's not in my notes. That's Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost speaking. Great is on the way because I ain't that smart to just make up something on the cuff like that. That's why God said I will take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise because you know I ain't going to take no glory because I know just where I am with my dyslexia behind. Barely can read. Come on, some. <laughs> I know it's the Holy Ghost fueling this ministry, fueling me. I refuse to even share in his glory. All I'm going to do is keep being confident. And when I'm in a crisis, it won't have nothing to do with, nothing to do with my identity. Because that's sealed. I'm a seed, a son, and I'm his righteousness. And I ain't no slave no more either. I ain't a slave to my former stuff. I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. I'm an ambassador now. I got any ambassadors in the house? Put up Philippians 1 and 6. And, and this, is, this, this scripture is for those of you that are still kind of in transition and still trying to figure this God thing out. Being confident of this very thing, that he, that he who has begun a good work. How many you know he's begun a good work in you? It ain't finished because he just begun. And I love that. It says that he's begun a good work in you, and he says he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he's saying, listen, I know, kingdom, I know you are a work in progress, but be confident I got you. Just, just be confident. I know you've had some human moments over the past year, but just, just, just know I, I got you. I'm, I'm going to complete what I started in you. See, so when you have a mishap, instead of you walking away from God, Say, no, I'm going to be confident that, you know what, that was yesterday, but today's a new day. He let me wake up to a brand new mercy. For the Bible says in Lamentation chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, that his mercies are new every morning. He said in Romans 8 and 1, there's therefore now no, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. I'm grateful for conviction, but I'm not going to put myself in a condemning predicament because Jesus died for that, so I don't have to. I'm in Christ now. So he said, Philippians 1, 6, be confident that a work that he's begun, the very thing that he's begun. See, I had to be confident when I was preaching in a swap meet. I had to be confident this ain't it. Get to the cafeteria, I had to be like, this ain't it. But I'm confident that a work that you've begun in this gymnasium, this cafeteria, in this swap meet, that at the end of the day, put it up, put it up, that you're going to complete it, that, that he has begun a good work, he, he will complete it. He will complete it. Pastor, I was confident I'd raise my son in the pews and he didn't lost his mind. You got to be confident that a work that he's begun in your daughter, a work that he's begun in your son, a work that he's begun in your grandchild, that he's going to complete that thing. All you got to do is be unfazed by what they're doing now. You don't understand, Pastor Junior, they come home to 3.31 in the morning. You still got to be unfazed. That one day he's going to walk up in the church house and he's going to say, what must I do 
to be saved. Mm -hmm. That he will not die premature. The devil is alive. We bind that, that no weapon formed against her or him will prosper. Those that are living a reckless life. It's just like the prodigal son. In Luke chapter 15, verse 17, the Bible says he came to himself. And he realized, I'm out here spending my money on all these holes. Oh, y'all ain't ready for me today. Y'all need to read that whole chapter. His daddy gave him his inheritance, and the Bible's very specific. It said that he began to spend his money with harlots. And then when he woke up broke with the pigs, he realized, wait a minute, my dad's servants have bread to spare, and I'm out here broke, busted, and disgusted, and don't have to be. He began to get a revelation. Come on, somebody. I believe your grandson, your granddaughter, your son and your daughter, they're going to get a revelation, just like you got a revelation. Anybody in this building ever got a revelation? Like when I was in Madison Street Jail uh, 21 years ago, and they said, we about to give you 7 to 21 if you don't cooperate with us. All of a sudden, I got a, rep a revelation. What y'all need? All of a sudden, I got a teachable spirit. All of a sudden, I begin to realize manners do matter. Just be polite. Yes, sir. No, sir. Go ahead. Shut the door. You don't need some help. I'm going to help you shut it. I know I'm getting out of here in due season. I'm really, I'm really getting out of here. Because I'm about to make some adjustments in my life. I just got a revelation. I'm a seed. I just got a revelation. I'm a son. I just got a revelation. I'm an ambassador. That I'm no longer a slave to sin. But I'm a son to righteousness. Mm -hmm. But he says, be confident. A work that I've begun. I'm going to complete it. Let me get to my third point. My third thing is, how do I avoid an identity crisis? You have to know you're his seed. Number two, you have to remain confident in who you are. Number three, stay purpose-driven. Stay purpose-driven. Part of the reason why the enemy, the thief, never wanted you to find your identity was to stop you from being in your purpose. But God's got a way of pushing you into your purpose. Remember, Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, I, I got to be in my purpose. My, my purpose was the only, in high school, the only subject I was good in was history. Everything I got else was D's, because, you know, D's get diplomas. Can I get a witness up in here? But history, listen, <laughs> A's, we have history debates. Oh, couldn't nobody debate with me when it came to history. And they, my, my teacher, Mr. Tendo, he would always say, I heard you fall short in all these other classes, but you come in here, you're a different person. All of a sudden, a light bulb goes off because history is it, interesting. It, 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 it stimulates me. Trigonometry don't stimulate me. It confuses me. It hurts my head. Can I get a witness from about 90% of this congregation? That I know 10% of y'all, I, I like math. And you wired different. I hated it. 
Now when we played around the world in first grade and you went from one desk to one desk and you're two plus two, four. Move on to the next person. Six plus six, 12. Eight plus eight, 16. Even when they got to the nine times two, 18. You know, eight times three, 24. I'm, but then I got to high school. <laughs> I said, this is foreign. This is strange. <laughs> Can I get a witness up in here? Oh, but I thank God for this dude named Joe Bailey. Matter of fact, we just ran into Joe Bailey at our kids' uh, uh, banquet that they had in Peoria, and his son played for Cactus. But I, you said, why do you thank God for Joe Bailey? Because he did my math homework. <laughs> That's the only reason why I graduated. <laughs> What was my point? These get diplomas. <laughs> my point is this. I had it in my heart. I want to be a history teacher and I want to be a football coach. Oh, but God has a way of saying, uh-uh. I, I, I've marked you. Nothing wrong with being a teacher, but the high, even my, my father-in-law who's here right now, he, he was a teacher at my high school uh, how many, 20-something years. Mm-hmm, retired and all that. Carl Hayden High School, right in the hood, 35th and Roosevelt. Amen. But, but this is the thing. I wanted to be a history teacher. God said, no, 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 I got other plans. I've marked you. To, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing you toward ministry. I was like, I don't want to be a pastor like my dad. My dad been pastoring for 30 years and still dealing with people's mood swings. Did y'all catch that? Then my great-grandfather did 53 years. I'm like, I don't want that call. I want to be a history teacher and coach football. That's my passion. But God said, no, 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 no. I've marked you. You're going to be a history teacher all right. (laughs) You're going to be a history teacher right here in Hebrews. About to be a history teacher right up here in Galatian. You're about to be a history teacher right up here in some Corinthian. I said, okay, God, my point is this. I found my purpose. There's no confusion when it comes to that. Part of the reason why the enemy tried to fight us with this identity crisis stuff is so that we wouldn't find our purpose. Kingdom, stay purpose-driven. Second, second, second Timothy 1 and 9, look at this. Second Timothy uh, 1 and 9. Remember, the enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If you're in your purpose, he can't touch you. Who saved us, which means he rescued us, called us, which means he summoned us, he hand-selected us, he preferred us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. And he did it on purpose. What did he do on purpose? Called you, saved you first, then he called you. Don't lose your drive. See, I believe when I look around this room, everybody knows their purpose. Your purpose is to be in God's kingdom. We're his kingdom. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be what added to us. Stay purpose driven. Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things, even all the questionable things we did, all things, all the setbacks, all things 
work together for the good to those, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Even in your mess, he still set aside his purpose for your life. Made a decision, I'm not writing those people off that kingdom. Because I know one day they will find their purpose and they will know that their purpose is in me. One day they will find their identity because they'll realize that their identity is in me. One day that they'll have so much of me in them that they'll know how to stand tall in the spirit and walk in a confidence that doesn't even make sense. Things that would cause an average person to flip out and lose their mind, you walk through it unfazed, whistling, smiling, saying this too shall pass somebody need to give God a praise in this place hallelujah look at your neighbor and say stay driven look at your other neighbor and say stay driven stay driven don't lose your drive for God let's stay smack dab in our God purpose and watch what God's getting ready to do go ahead and bow your heads let me pray Father we thank you we bless you I cover your people today. Lord, we thank you that we've come to the conclusion that we can avoid an identity crisis.